A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, flower friend. This is Jen, and you are listening to the Floral Hustle Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the three playbooks for you to create in 2024 to have a plan that is going to help propel your business, that is going to help push your revenue forward, and also just ease a lot of the anxiety around being an entrepreneur and like having so many things to do. So the first thing that I feel you need to have is you need to have a social media and marketing plan. Most people are winging it. That is just how they roll. And winging it is not a plan can make you feel anxious very easily because if you don't have a plan, you never feel like you're doing enough. So especially when you aren't getting the desired results, it is easily to feel like I'm failing because I'm not doing big things in my business when realistically, yes, it feels like that because you don't know you have nothing to measure against. You have no goals, no nothing. And so you're measuring yourself against air. So what does a social media and marketing plan potentially even look like? So I'll share mine for the floral business. I want to drive awareness to other wedding professionals about my business. I want to drive awareness that I am a cultural niche florist. I want to drive awareness that I do big weddings. I also drive awareness that I can do smaller, but I do that at a very small percentage. I also want to drive awareness that my aesthetic is publish worthy, is higher end. And I also want to establish myself as an expert because a lot of florists follow my floral account. And I want to position myself not only as an expert to my clients that are looking, but also other florists and wedding vendors because I want them to know that their client, if they send them my way, are extremely taken care of. And I also, if it's a florist, can go, hey, I'm a floral educator if this is something that somebody wants help with. And it makes it really easy to start that conversation because they already see me doing what I'm talking about. And really, I'm walking the walk. I'm doing the things in my business 
to help make me successful. So to do that, my playbook or my marketing strategy for that is I'm going to post three times a week a photo. One of those photos is a cultural wedding, whether that be Hindu or Muslim or Sikh or whatever it is. I am going to post one day a week dedicated to that. Then I am also going to post two other days that are dedicated to pretty florals and my general aesthetic of the weddings that I do. So I do two posts like that. On another day, I am doing what I call Meet Us Monday. And on Meet Us Monday, we are talking about marketing, you know, our business, the things we want people to know. How do you inquire with us? How do you go and look at our a la carte flowers program? How do you connect with us? What are our service offerings? A la carte and full service. Like, what is the difference between a la carte and full service? I did a throwback, throwback one that I found my high school, my high school pictures that had a bunch of flowers because I was a flower nerd even back then. And so I did, I had platinum blonde hair, the whole deal. And I posted that in that, that post got tons of interactions. And I have done about my urban flower farm. I have done about my love for dahlias. Like I mix it up, but I have like a steady kind of idea list around that very topic. And then if I want to do a couple reels, that's a bonus. So I have a strategy that four times a week I'm posting on the My Green Goddess Floral account. Then from a marketing standpoint, I am, of course, Social media is part of my marketing channels, and I am using that also by networking on that channel. Then part of my strategy for marketing is I am on every free wedding platform. So I am on like The Knot. I'm on Wedding Wire as a free listing. I do and have paid for Zola listing or Zola leads when they have come over. So I've... I've done, you know, a little bit of that as well. And that is part of my marketing strategy. I've spent time crafting everything. Part of my marketing strategy is also all my marketing materials and how I'm presenting myself. So I can say when I get that wedding wire lead, part of my marketing strategy is that I want a freebie. So if you send me an email directly to my email address, I will send you my brochure that has starting at pricing. My marketing spin is that I have transparency in my pricing to be able to get them off that platform and communicate directly with me. Then my kind of last overall marketing strategy is I signed up for our Minnesota Bride magazine. And with that, in hopes of getting published more, because they kind of have a pay-to-play mentality, and also show up on their their radar, I I wouldn't say that that has lit the world on fire from a result standpoint, but I have gotten a few weddings from it, and it probably for the investment that it requires, it might not be 
completely worth it, but I'm only into year two. So at the end of this term, I'll be making the determination. I do have an upcoming style shoot that is a cultural theme style shoot that they are publishing. So like inevitably it did work. So I did get the results that I wanted. I got published actually a couple different times. Then that is my social and marketing kind of strategy or plan or system. So if you have this system, if you're following it, then you can look at the results after a short amount of time. Okay, what have my engagement look like? What does everything look like overall? And then from there, I can go, okay, this has not been doing what I want or this has been doing what I want. From there, where do I want to take that? And then when you get to that point, you can go, okay, well, I want to make a, a change. After three months, I evaluated this post or this type of post isn't performing well. So I'm going to change it and have like Wedding Wednesday or Tip Tuesday. And maybe you could do a short form video talking about wedding tips or about, you know, whatever around your niche. If you do a lot of cultural weddings, you could literally just talk about that. If you do a lot of Jewish weddings, you could literally talk about that. If you are a sustainable florist, you could literally talk about that and make that part of your underlying strategy. The next strategy that I feel like you need and you really need to perfect, and one of the biggest things that I see when I take a monthly coaching client on is their communication strategy. And you're probably like, what the hell is a communication strategy? That is your voice and how it speaks to your clients from start to finish. What is your communication path? Like, what's your process when a lead comes in? What's your process when you're doing an estimate, when you're meeting with them? What's your visuals and all your marketing materials that you're giving them? And then what happens after they've booked you? Do you have an onboarding process? Then from there, do you have a offboarding process that like basically says, thank you for having me be a part of your day? I really loved working with you. And maybe you attach one of the photos that you took of their flowers and just say, I, I would love to see your photo gallery when you get it. If you would share it, that would be great. And then I would love if you could leave a review. I hope you have a po had a positive experience. If you didn't, please let me know before you do the review because I'd love to discuss it with you. And then putting those links in. So like you've laid out this whole strategy from start to finish of what you want your client experience to be. And with this strategy, you have something to shoot for and you're not like, well, this week I really don't feel like doing much with my emails. I'm checking out of that. I'm really not going to send that quote back either. I really didn't want to do that wedding. Like you just need to set your expectations. And if you have so much work that you can't handle that, like maybe then you need to bring on somebody that's going to help manage that. All right. Then for the last one, and it's also another like simpler than it seems is when you are mapping out like your whole process of you've onboarded a wedding and let's just say it's a $15,000 wedding. What is the journey internally that that wedding is taking? If it is a larger wedding, let's just say that it is a 25 table wedding that you are doing a third tall centerpieces and you only have five of the vases that you need. 
let's say you need a bunch of pillar candles. Let's just say that they're having so many candles that you don't think that you are going to have enough of the, let's just say your pillar candle bases, uh, or you won't have enough of your taper, taper candle sets, whatever it is. You've preliminary, like kind of have an idea in your head that this isn't going to be possible based on your current inventory. Then even your process of like, you've gotten the contract, now what? Really mapping out what your internal process looks like. I've onboarded a wedding. I've taken that wedding. I've loaded into my systems of record. I then have gone, okay, these are things that I'm going to need to look at filling. And then from there, like laying out timelines potentially and putting those in whatever calendar system that you're using. Then mapping out, okay, this is all of what I'm going to need for this wedding. Okay, about two months out, I'm going to start ordering some of those things or even before, if that seems like it makes sense. And then from there, I'm going to map out like my recipes and everything that I need to order. And then from there, I'm going to um, map out like I've had my freelancers all figured out if I need that. I'm going to figure out like delivery that day and a timeline and a schedule. And then I'm going to communicate any last details to my client and really try to understand their timelines. And then from there, I'm even going down to like I'm making my teardown list of items that my teardown person needs to collect. I'm providing them with a layout of here are the flowers that you get to keep. Here are the flowers and vessels that I am taking back. And then just clearly laying out the end of night expectations so that you're not getting anxious at midnight that expectations aren't clear. So I'm putting that in, then I'm sharing that end of our process document with the client so that they understand, here's the flowers you get to keep. And then here's the flowers that I'm taking or donating or disposing of, whatever it is. And then from there, you can clearly map out, okay, how am I going to have this flow in my studio that week? Okay, so day on Tuesday, we're going to get the flowers. On Tuesday, we're going to process some of them. And then the roses are going to soak till Wednesday. Then we're going to process roses. Then you're laying out your roadmap of success internally in your studio. So that internal process also is so critical because a lot of times what happens is you didn't map something out and then a hiccup happens. And when a hiccup happens and it complicates things, like that doesn't feel good. And especially if you don't have this plan mapped out of what's going to happen, like how are you going to fix this hiccup? Or somebody's sick or a flower thingy didn't come in and it's delayed by two days. Like you having a plan, okay, we we're going to do this tomorrow, but like, let's move this up and switch that so we can, you know, move things around and still make our schedule or our plan work. So that internal process is, is so critical when you are especially scaling your business. Because if you get to a point when you're doing three weddings in a weekend, I've done nine weddings in a weekend. I am a master crafter of timelines for production. I know about how long that should take. I And even if you want to, like map out when you give a recipe 
to one of your freelancers, map out how long you think that should take. And please ask them to report back if it's taking longer than that so that you can adjust your thinking or understand that this is more labor intensive than you originally thought. And then you can really like own that process. Okay, last time this took an hour and I thought it was going to take 30 minutes. So going forward, I maybe need to adjust my labor percentage on that item to 35% because it's more labor intensive. Like those are things you can learn and evolve. And then after, as part of your internal internal process, like maybe just spend five minutes. Okay, like, is there anything that like really glaringly jumps out that I need to change a process or do something? I started adding these late night teardown addendums after a flower friend went through a horrible teardown experience and the expectations about some of the flowers they were supposed to keep was misunderstood with a family member. And so from there, even being exposed, and that wasn't my wedding, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense that things need to be more clear. And also that just helps my teardown person and helps me create like a seamless teardown. And then I also walk them through exactly what that process is going to be at the end of the night. I walk my person through exactly what I've explained to them so that I'm not having to do my my teardown and they are equipped and ready to go and and just ready to to do it without me holding their hand. So these processes, once you get them in place, uh, you could also call them like SOPs, like your systems. This is going to help you scale your business. If you have no systems in your business, and are willingly doing everything as it comes at you, like a tornado. <laughs> Your business is going to be a tornado as long as you keep doing that. Uh, my business didn't change until I started really putting some processes in place to support growth, to support me not having to do everything. I mean, currently, I have everything mapped out. Like, I'm usually only making the bridal bouquet. I might be making the first centerpiece of a couple different varieties and so that that person has a mock-up to follow. And then I might be doing like if there's a backdrop, if it's a cultural wedding and there's a big elaborate backdrop, I might be like crafting out one of those cages that go on there just to like give them a starting point. And that's really all the designing that I need to do that week because I have everything allocated and taken care of throughout everybody that's uh, freelancing in the studio that week. You can have that too. It can be so easy, feel so much lighter, and also be more fulfilling because you're not having to do a million bud-based centerpieces, which aren't super inspiring. You can be focusing on other things that are more inspiring, more giving, and like, then you're going to have the brain power to make bigger, bolder, badass moves in your business because you're not stretched so thin by making 120 bud bases that week, eight bridal bouquet or bridesmaids bouquets, a bridal bouquet, 25 boutonnieres and corsages. Like that weight is off of you. And especially when you have people who are, you know, emerging florists, they're like excited to do those things. And excited to learn and be a part of this and hopefully someday like start their own business. So I'm giving people an opportunity to grow when they're here. 
And it's a space for learning in my studio. I know a lot of studios are like, here's our militant regiment of stuff that we're going to do. I just don't operate my studio like that. Like things are freer flowing. And of course, we do have a basic schedule. But if somebody really wants to practice doing a certain thing, and I know they're going to be slower at it, I am totally okay with them taking a little bit longer, even though it might throw the schedule off a little bit, and being more fulfilled and growing while they're in the studio than doing another 100 bud bases, which they've done a million times. So thank you so much for listening, Flower Friend, and you have an amazing Flower Filled Week. Friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.